And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, August the 17th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1807, Robert Fulton's North River Steamboat, it began heading up the Hudson River on its successful round trip between New York and Albany. Today in 1863, federal batteries and ships began bombarding Fort Sumter in Charleston Harbor during the Civil War. Today in 1978, the first successful transatlantic balloon flight, it ended, landed outside Paris successfully. Today in 1982, the first commercially produced compact disc CD recording of ABBA's The Visitors. They were It was pressed at Philips Factory near Hanover, West Germany. I remember the first CDs that I began to see and uh, back in the 80s. Uh, it was quite a Quite a leap forward from what we had been doing with those great big black records we used to have. Remember that? Now those are getting popular again, by the way. People are buying those, paying premium price for those old 78, 33 and a third, whatever. Today in 1983, lyricist Ira Gershwin died in Beverly Hills, 86 years old. Today in 1987, Rudolf Hess, the last member of Adolf Hitler's inner circle, he died in Spandau Prison, 93 years old, committed suicide. Today in 1998, Bill Clinton testified to from the White House on a closed-circuit television to Congress concerning his relationship with Monica Lewinsky. He then, after that, delivered a TV address in which he denied previously committing perjury by lying about his relationship with Monica Lewinsky. He admitted that he did have an inappropriate relationship with Lewinsky. It was wrong. Then he went on to criticize Kenneth Starr's investigation of what he had done. Ten years ago today, Vice President Joe Biden arrived in Beijing to meet with his Chinese counterpart, Xi Jinping. Hunter Biden began a long and lucrative relationship with China. We're only now beginning to learn about that relationship and what it all entails. I'm sure there's more to come, but it is corrupt. Joe Biden told a nationwide TV audience yesterday that the horrifying scenes in Kabul with desperate refugees flying, fleeing the rule of the resurgent Taliban isn't my fault. He also says he won't shrink from my share of the responsibility for where we are today. He was talking out of both sides of his mouth. It isn't just people like you and me that are conservative that noticed it. Some of his own people noticed it. They're not feeling comfortable with it. Some of them are even speaking out. I'll come back to that in a moment. He says he won't shrink from my, from my share of responsibility, but he said it wasn't my fault. Boy, I think that's the definition of cognitive dissonance, if you look up look it up in the dictionary. The problem, Biden explained, is that the Afghan army that we and our allies stood up fell down the moment the U.S. troops pulled back and the Afghan government hightailed it out of the country. How can we fight their war if they won't even fight it themselves, he said. Nearly 70% on a poll overnight Nearly 70% of Americans disprove 
of the way President Biden handled Afghanistan. 70%. What Biden fails to face candidly, and I saw, I mean, and the people close to him are speaking and, you know, they're they're all saying the same thing. It's just Democrat talking points. But what he fails to face candidly is why the withdrawal had to be so chaotic, so haphazard. I mean, Honestly, it looks like, and we're beginning to to learn that it's true, they had no plan. They just thought, well, we'll pull out and then it'll be all behind us. He'll just go away. I mean, it's amazing. President, Former President Donald Trump, he said last night, he said, it's not that we left Afghanistan. President Biden keeps talking about the fact that he keeps saying, well, it was the right thing to do. We've got to get out of this war and all that. Everybody kind of agrees. I mean, not everybody, but most people, the vast majority of people, that that isn't even the issue. He knows it. He's trying to address an issue that isn't the issue because he can't address the issue that is an issue. Donald Trump said, it's not that we left Afghanistan. It's the grossly incompetent way that we left. And that, I mean, that's not just Trump saying that. A lot of people are saying that. In making the broader case against staying in this dysfunctional land, and it is indeed, I mean, they look like, when you see the pictures of there, it looks like, I mean, it could be from the time of Jesus or before that. It could be Old Testament. It could be Isaiah standing out there on the corner somewhere prophesying or Jeremiah. I mean, it is a, I mean, it's not a progressing culture. But it's interesting that in making this broader case in that dysfunctional land for another five or 10 or 20 years, Biden really could have, because he's coming from exactly the same position, he could have cited one of his Democrat predecessors in the Oval Office on a different war. That predecessor said, we are not about to send American boys nine or 10,000 miles away from home to do what Asian boys ought to be doing for themselves. That was Lyndon Johnson. He said that two weeks before his 1964 election. Then within days afterwards, he began sending huge numbers of our boys, American boys, to Vietnam to fight. I got my notice. They didn't take me, but I was standing by, and a lot of my friends went, and some of them didn't come home. But Biden is making the same case. He's saying the same thing. He could have just said what Johnson said. They say one thing, and they do another. We don't know what's going to happen in Afghanistan, but it is having worldwide repercussions. There's no question about it. Like Vietnam, Afghanistan war is ending, we think, in much the same way with this closing our embassy, flying away, leaving terrified people to the mercy of the conquering enemy. For what it's impossible, it's impossible to blame the, the weak will of the Afghan forces. There was no planning on our part, none. Joe Biden miserably and completely failed as president of the United States in handling this matter. And no, the issue isn't about whether we should not, whether we should be there or not. The issue is about how we handled getting out. The pre- their president, Ghani, he fled. 
couple of days ago, over the weekend, he's gone. He knew what happened to his predecessor. His predecessor was a Soviet-installed Afghan president who didn't escape when the Taliban conquered the country the first time in the 1990s. His predecessor, that president, was caught, tortured, castrated, and dragged to death behind a jeep through the streets of Kabul. That's why he was running. There's a sense in America, and I share that sense, that this president, in his inability, not even his wrong thinking, I mean, it's one thing for somebody to have a plan and somebody else to disagree with that plan. It's quite another for the man in the most powerful office in the world, at least it has been, and I believe it still is, I want it to be, he didn't have a plan. And everyone is finding that out over the weekend. He said he did. Two weeks ago, he gave a speech. He said, we have a plan. Everything's covered. Not to worry. This is not Vietnam. Yes, it is. I watched that big plane. What are they? See something? They fly in and out of Lewis McCord all the time, those humongous big planes. You kind of wonder, you know, can those things fly when you see them sitting on the ground? Yes, they can. Um, we had a friend of the family who actually piloted one of those things, and he used to tell us, he was a pilot, and uh, he used to tell us, man, he said, I sit up there like 14 stories high in the cockpit, and I wonder, am I really flying? I mean, I, I probably more than we wanted to hear, but anyway, he was a great pilot. And uh, served served our country well, but uh, I saw that big monster rolling down the the uh, airport. The way there, it was going taxiing out to the to the strip to take off, and these people were running and trying to jump on the sides of that airplane. I mean, you saw them, I'm sure, hundreds of them, hundreds of them out on the out on the runway. Thousands had 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 come to the airport, and. Uh, the plane, I, I mean, I don't, several of them, seven of them reportedly got killed from falling off the plane. And some of them were clinging to the side of that plane as it, you know, took off and got airspeed and was lifting off. I mean, somewhere in that process, they fell off the side of the plane. They were that desperate to get out of there because they know what the Taliban's going to do to them. I mean, they're desperate. They know. In fact, <laughs> there was an interview on MSNBC yesterday and... Um, I pay attention to what they're doing. I can only take so much of them. I take it in doses, frankly, but only for this program, or at least primarily for this program. But um, yesterday, a former CIA analyst, this Matt Zeller, was on there, and they thought he was one of them because he is. He's a Democrat, and he's always, you know, been on the on the side of a big supporter of Obama and of of Biden, as a matter of fact. But he was talking to this Nicole Wallace. She has a show on there. It's called Deadline. And um, he told her just flat out that President Joe Biden lied to the American people during his speech yesterday. And this was after the speech, of course. On Biden's speech, Zeller said, I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys talking to MSNBC. He said, I was appalled. There was such a profound, bald-faced lie in that speech. The idea we planned for every contingency he said, I've been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office. He is a former CIA analyst um, to, the, to the government. And he said, the idea that we plan for every contingency is just simply a lie. 
He said, I've been trying to tell our government for years this was coming. We sent them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people. Nobody listened to us. They didn't plan for the evacuation of our Afghan wartime allies. They're trying to conduct it now in a 11th hour. He said, I have Afghans on the ground right now. This was yesterday who are telling me the Taliban is going from door to door in Kabul and making lists of people who used to work with us, the United States. They're telling them with smiles on their face, evil smiles. They will be back for them once we leave. So we either take them now or these people are going to die. This is uh, Zeller, I'm quoting. I have been trying to tell everyone who will listen that this is a never again moment in the making. This is an administration that seems to be a profound champion and defender of human rights. Well, sometimes human rights have to be defended at the barrel end of a gun. The Taliban are a modern version of the Nazis. <clears throat> Zeller continued, he said, I'm not going to sit and list eastbound to a president that I voted for, Biden. I was happy this man took office. I'm now appalled at that speech. I'm not going to sit here and have him lie to the American people. We did not plan as a government for this contingency. The American people, the advocates who have been pleading with the government, did plan for it. He said these people went on to the next unit and the next mission time and time and time again, and how dare us to even contemplate leaving them behind again, what I consider to be a modern equivalent of the Nazi army. This is where America is today. This is not some faraway backward country. This is about our position worldwide. And people are meeting. I said yesterday, initially, people in Europe, the countries are meeting. They're saying, boy, we don't have leadership in the world anymore. They look to America for leadership. Even those who criticize us look to America for, for leadership. And some of the most stupid comments that are out there today are from elected so-called public servants in our Congress. This ignorant Rashida, uh, Rashida Talib, she's a Democrat, Congresswoman. She's part of the squad, as they call it. She was talking yesterday. She's being sharply criticized now <clears throat> by some of the people on her own side. But Sunday, or day before yesterday, she was talking about this, and she said, well, this is not a big deal. She said the U.S. supported the Taliban against occupying Soviet military forces in Afghanistan in the 1980s. That's how uninformed she is. There was no Taliban. It came into existence a decade later in the 90s. Everybody in the military knows that, whether they're liberal or conservative. But here she is spouting off and the news is dutifully carrying everything she says as though it's some kind of infallible gospel. When things like this happen, when there are crises in the world, and there are many, you know, it, it does a couple of things. One, it, I think it, it should wake us all up and realize that we live in a very fragile world. We live in a world that is unpredictable, for sure. And when you have fragile leadership who are not rooted in basic, fundamental principles of nature and nature's God, as our founding fathers often said, you find yourself in a very precarious situation. There are many, many people across 
America today who are anxiety-ridden. They're afraid. They're scared to death because of what's happening, because most of us, if we're informed at all, can see that there are consequences looming as a result of what we have done. What we have done, essentially, is we have opened we have opened the border to the Taliban having their own country. The whole country will now become a base on which they will practice and plan and develop their plans to take out America and Israel. Iran is already in contact with them. They're already talking. I'm certain that China and Russia will be gathering around their bonfire as well out there on a hillside somewhere because of the stupidity of the people we have elected to run the most powerful, the most prosperous, the most free country in the world. Historically, there has never been a country like America. And Joe Biden, in a single stuttering moment of time, has turned it on its head for the moment. Is it irreversible? No. But if we go on like we are, it will be. Because we are on a long, slippery slope. And the consequences of of it is that American people will be lost to history. America will be lost to history. And we'll end up in the dustbin of forgotten history. That's where we are today. And that's where progressivism, so-called, is taking us. Every institution in America is being attacked by the left. On the one hand, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and all the rest of them are claiming to be devoutly religious. That, too, is a lie. They're not devoutly religious. They may be devout in what it is they're all about, but they're not devoutly religious in the sense of Christianity, which they claim. They're not at all. They claim to be Christian. They claim to be devout Catholics in their case. And yet they defy and deny every truth of their church. They deny biblical truth on the sanctity of life, on marriage, on human sexuality, the most basic fundamental parts of humanity. And they are leading this country because we elected them. I didn't, but somebody did, apparently. And if you question election integrity, that too is attacked in Biden's America. Ted Cruz pretty well summed it up. (laughs) He put out a statement. I think it was on Twitter. He put out a statement, and in the statement, he said, the result of Biden's inability has been, I'm quoting him, an embarrassing spectacle, a diplomatic humiliation, and a national security catastrophe. That's where we are, sadly. I mentioned yesterday that Psalm 20, verse 7, I'll mention it again because I think it's so appropriate. All scripture is appropriate, but this particularly speaks to our days. Psalm chapter 20, verse 7, King James Version. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I would say to all of us today, myself included, 
that as we watch this catastrophe unfold, and it is not because Afghanistan is such a consequential, it is consequential, but such an a, um, important country in the sense of power and position in world and global affairs, but because it gives a staging area for violent, the most violent terrorists to carry out their plan. And their plan is focused on America, on our communities, our theaters, bombing and burning, flying airplanes if they can get their hands on them. I mean, we're going back to that. And we know it. There's a sense we know it. Even this guy I just was quoting was on MSNBC. He's one of them. He's a Democrat. He voted for, he said he voted for Biden. But he said, I'm not going to stand for this. He said, I'm, he has been with the CIA. He's just retired. He said, I've been telling this government for a long time, they're going to have to get a plan or this is exactly what's going to happen. And now it has. He said, I'm not going to be silent. He said, I voted for him. I was glad he became president, but I'm not so glad now. So there's a lot of remorse on the fact that people supported this whole agenda, which is an agenda of destruction, really. But I'll tell you the one thing that we can count on. If we count on politics to see us through the storms and the difficulties in this world and in our lives, we're depending on horses and chariots. Well, I'll tell you, I'm advocating strongly that we not look to the horses and chariots, but we look to God Almighty himself. And God is faithful. And I have said this before, but God is in control. This is We're going to go through this, and everybody's going to say what they've said about Biden and his inabilities, and it's very clear. I mean, it's abundantly clear. He, he, he just can't function. Even if he had a plan, he, he couldn't even enact it. I mean, he's just, that's where he is, cognitively. But I will tell you, this will quiet down and we'll move on and the press will go on to attack whomever for whatever reason. But I will tell you, we will hear from the Taliban again because he has set the stage. And that's why we've got to stay focused on the, on the rock that is not moved in the storm. We've got to stay focused on God himself, because God is in control. He is. There is nothing that's going to happen that he doesn't allow ultimately for his purposes, because God does have a plan. It's been in place since he spoke into being the universe, and even before that, before the foundations were laid, and his plan is right on schedule. We can't see it sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't feel like things are on schedule. Lord, are you there? Footprints in the sand kind of an experience. But he is, and he will be, because he is Almighty God. He transcends time. He is Almighty God. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from his love, his care. And he's watching over us. His eye is on the sparrow. His eye is on us and all of his people around the world. But sometimes we go through some rough times. And this is one of them for America. There are those who suffer much more because of their devotion and love for the Lord in other countries. But we have not been through that here yet. But God is with us. Never forget that. God is good. God has a plan. 
and God is in control. Well, we'll I'm sure we'll talk about this matter going forward as the news indicates and informs us. But I wanted to say before we say goodbye today, I wrote an article today not about Afghanistan because I knew events would be changing overnight, and I wanted to talk to you about the latest thing that's happening this morning. We originate live at 9 o'clock in the morning, as you know, on ACN. And then we're heard on some other stations, uh, a little bit of a delay, but we're, it, it's only a couple of hours in the longest delay. So we try to stay pretty current on that. So I didn't want to write about what was happening because things were changing overnight. So we we didn't. But I wrote an article um, that I, I would highly recommend you read. I titled it Medicine's Injection of Woke Ideology. How woke ideology, which is, a again, it's a platform of the far left, the Democrat, the progressives, how it's skewing medicine today. And yesterday, President Biden was defending his decision to go into Afghanistan, but he makes no apology for trying to reset this culture and make it into something it never was intended to be. This John uh, Morosky has written an in-depth investigative article about how the woke ideology is twisting medical science into something it was not intended to be, something that will destroy rather than heal. It is written not from a conservative point of view, but I don't even know that he's conservative. He may be, but he's writing it from a position of being concerned. Because all of this wokeism is now fiddling with medicine. They've already kind of taken over education. They've taken over parts of the culture with their progressivism. Now they're targeting the medical industry. I got a note. I've just got a, a minute or so left here. But I got a note from a doctor who listens to this program, supports the program regularly. And by the way, thank you for your support. Box 399 Bellevue. 98009. We need it. He said, please pray for us for direction. A doctor. The executive director, also known, or the dictator, also known as Inslee, has removed the medical uh, autonomy of all state employees and those who contract with the state. Having done many hours of research on all aspects of C-19, my wife and I have made the decision not to comply. I and many thousands of other state workers will not be employed by Washington State as of October 18th. The resolve is strong. Up to 38% of the hospital workers, including me, three other doctors, and many nurses, will be leaving. <clears throat> this may cripple an already understaffed hospital. Lakeland Village may not have sufficient staff to remain open. I've heard estimates that up to 50% of the state's 40,000 employees are walking. All of this as a result of progressive progressive decisions. My wife and I are having to trust God more than ever than we ever have. We pray for all the other state workers. We expect there may be suicides due to despair, anxiety, and hopelessness. That's from one of our listeners, a doctor who supports this ministry, made a very tough decision based on progressive ideology and progressive policy. Thank you for being with me today. We will continue right here tomorrow.